Hello, and welcome back to the Double Take Podcast with Jess and Jenny, where we talk about all things TV. We're just jumping right into it. This is a catch up. How are you, Jess? Let's catch up. I am good. I'm feeling flustered. I just watched Red, White, and Royal Blue today, about two hours ago, and I have zero notes for Only Murders in the Building. So those are the, those are the two topics, and I'm feeling a little, a little ill-prepared, but that's okay, because it's just vibes. It's just vibes. Also, I watched Red, White, and Royal Blue on Friday. Didn't take notes on it, because I didn't realize we'd be talking about it. I and figured. only have two notes for Only Murders in the Building, and they're not they're not very insightful. So we'll, just vibes. Just rolling with it. Which one do we want to start with? I mean, you're fresh off the red, white, and royal blue. So why not kick it off with that? Okay. I guess before we jump right in, we should say, so we'll be talking about the movie Red, White, and Royal Blue. If you haven't seen it, um, spoilers, I guess. It's like not a spoiler movie. So it's a rom-com. You know, you know. Vaguely what's going to happen. I, I don't know if people are going to listen to this if they haven't watched the movie, but if you're going to watch the movie, I think you could listen to this. And if you're not going to watch the movie, you definitely can. You can just hear our thoughts. And then after that, we're going to be talking about Only Matters in the Building, season three, episodes one through three. And th- I would say there are spoilers in that conversation. I would yeah. say if you're planning on watching that and you haven't caught up yet, don't listen yet. Yeah, I would say that's safe. It's okay. a spoiler-heavy show to talk about, unless you try to redact every single name, which we're not <laughs> we're not going to do. Yeah, I feel like there's pretty much spoilers right off the bat in these first 100%. three episodes. So, yeah. And is there anything else before we jump right into our one of two main topics? Are there any little topics you'd like to chit chat about? No, I'm trying to think of what exciting, like TV news that I have, but I feel like we've already discussed i watched the first season of foundation which i put in the in the newsletter uh which you said famously that does not sound good to me (laughs) i just feel like we've been talking so much about how i low-key don't like sci-fi or high fantasy and you were like this is high fantasy meets sci-fi yeah i was like like, it's the perfect crossover it's a no from me and i had been thinking about watching it not for any reason except that it's on Apple TV and I hadn't seen it yet. And I just assume I should be working through their whole like filmography catalog. Yeah. <laughs> catalog. I don't know why, just because a lot of it's good. But to be fair, a lot of it's also not good. But it's not, yeah, it's not not good. It's just not enough for me to keep going, to keep watching right now. Maybe I'll, maybe at some point I'll come back and be like, okay, I need, I want something sci fi. And it's good. Like, the actors are relatively good. There's a little bit of, there's a little bit of like, everyone has, everyone's a good guy except the main not good guys. And they have some levels of, you know, human internal angst and figuring themselves out. But everyone else is just like, we know exactly what we're doing. We're pointing in the right direction. It just makes it a little boring. It's so boring. That's the problem with all fantasy. Yeah. It's always good guys versus bad guys. That's not how life works. And this one has a little bit of the element of like, what is right here? Who is right? What power gets corrupted? But it also has so much to keep track of. And sometimes like with any high fantasy or any story that has multiple points of views or multiple storylines, timelines, whatever, sometimes a certain point of view or storyline is just much more compelling than the rest. And then anytime you spend away from it, you're just like, oh, this is boring. I wish we were back in the one that I liked, which is a little what happened. Anyhow, 
Uh, I, I thought it was, I definitely, the last episode, I was like, whoa, but not enough of a whoa to keep watching. So take, I think you've made it, with it sound worse to me. Oh, so no. nice, nicely done. <laughs> Bummer. Okay. Well, if you like sci-fi and you're not just, I mean, yeah, you might like this. It's very visually pleasing. If you like I the there expanse. Were a way to differentiate between the sci-fi that I like and the sci-fi that I don't like, but I haven't found a way yet. So. I just, I just need it to be, I need the asterisk to be there that like, I do like some sci-fi before we make this blanket statement that I don't like it at all. <laughs> I need you to make a list with like two columns, one side, the sci-fi you do like, and the other side, the sci-fi you don't like. I think right now, what I, what I would postulate is that you like not quite sci-fi, but more dystopia which is like a subgenre sometimes. I feel like that is a thread that we found is consistent tech, with the thing tech like. sci-fi. I do like tech. Like if you could imagine a future oh. with technical advancements, like that's considered sci-fi usually. Sure, sure, sure. Because it's like not technology that we have, but I really okay. do like that. All right. Those are two good, interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll come up with it. Anyhow. I, yeah, it's too much of a sidebar for now. I wanted to just put that out there. I have one little chit-chat item that I just yeah. thought of. The other night, Matt was away and we've been watching Psych. That's really all we've been doing besides catching up weekly on the after party and only murders. We've been watching just many episodes of Psych as my first watch through ever. I think I probably mentioned that on the last pod. Uh, and he was gone, so I couldn't watch it. And I was like, truly, I don't know what to watch because like nothing's coming out these days. And yeah. it's just been a slow time for new TV shows, which has been hard. I decided to put on Knock at the Cabin. Have you seen it? No. You would you wouldn't have watched it. I was like <laughs> fairly certain scary. the answer was gonna be no. Well, it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie, so it's billed as a represent. horror movie, but right? I was like really I was talking to Matt. I was like, it's so cool that you like oh he always shoots in the Philly, or if it's mm-hmm. not Philly, it's like Philly adjacent. Like this time it was like rural Pennsylvania. But oh. the guy was wearing a shirt that said Philly, and I was like, hell yeah. Matt was like why is that like cool? I was like, well, because they don't shoot a lot of stuff in Philly. And he yeah. always makes a point to do that because he, I guess he's from there. Yeah. And then he was like, why does he love it so much? I was like, I couldn't tell you. Did he grow up there? Does he just live there now? I think so. I have no clue. I have no answers. Anyway, his movies have are very hit or miss for me. And I think for everyone, I don't think that's a hot take. This one was, oof, it wasn't like the happening bad I'm a The Happening hater. I don't know if you've seen that. Nope. But it <laughs> was means. not good. I did not like it. I think I gave it two and a half stars out of five. It was just oh, like really on the nose, predictable, not scary at all. Actually, very sad. I cried a lot. Oh, so bummer. Not what, I, not what I was expecting. Although at the end, I was like, you know what? I probably shouldn't have expected like a straight horror movie from M. Night Shyamalan. I don't know what I was expecting, yeah, but he does a lot more like emotional that. twists and stuff, I feel. Yeah. I yeah. It was that. Although it just wasn't, it wasn't really much of a twist. It was just a little too, a little too predictable. But that was my last chit chat note. So red, white, and royal blue time. Yeah. Oh, actually, I've got one. Um, okay. Not. We don't have to go into this for any longer than about 10 seconds, but I read this cutesy, witchy romance book that I should have saved for Autumn that I told you about, I think. It has like an embarrassing name, but whatever. The Kiss Curse. Uh, Is it the sequel to the X Hex? I meant to ask you that. Yes, which I've never read. Oh, you don't have to have read it? No, you don't. 
but also I'm very excited for like cozy fall times to read the first one, the X-Hex. Anyway, just in the like rom-com genre with red, white, and royal blue, I was so, it was, it was delightful. Anyway, we can now move into the adaptation, the screen adaptation of a rom-com book. So did you read red, white, and royal blue? I think you did. Okay. So we both read it. What year did you read it approximately? Oh boy, probably I could pull up my Goodreads, but I'm going to say like last year. Okay. I read it two years ago and I only ask that and say that to say that I remembered almost nothing of the plot. Got it. I think the only thing I remembered was the cake incident, which is like literally how the movie starts. And I don't know if it's that my brain just stopped remembering after the first like 5% of the book or if that was just like such a funny situation that I remembered it. That's not, it's like maybe a few chapters into the book. I think they do a lot more setup of Alex and his role in, and like his friends and the people that he's surrounded with in the White House in the book, if I remember correctly. And then the first time that you see Henry and Alex together, yes, is the cake situation. Did you remember more of the book or what did you remember? I know mostly I remembered vague shapes of the book. And then as things came up, they okay so i did remember he's supposed to be in college alex is supposed to be college age like maybe a junior or senior in at georgetown and they didn't really touch on that at all in this one in the in the movie adaptation they i did remember the memo vaguely that he had like a texas plan but only after it came up in the movie i was like oh yeah and then i remembered some parts i remembered that the two bodyguards were uh, you remembered way more than I did. They well, were you also read it a year involved. after me, so that's yes. fair. I didn't remember um, really anything. That's but cool. I think what what sticks with me, and this is what happened with Daisy Jones too, is I forgot most of the plot, but I remember how I pictured people. And I never picture – when I read a book, I never picture a person. Like I don't have a fully formed image of a person in my head. Mm-hmm. When I read about a character, like I, I don't picture an actor. I don't picture anyone, but I do have like a chalk outline. <laughs> like I have <laughs> a chalk outline with like a vague personality and the personality like might have a hair color. It might have like physical features defined, but mostly it's a vibe. It's a personality vibe. And my memory of Alex is that he was like, a bad boy, like player, suave, kind of cool, not what he was in the movie at all. I was like, who is this man? I do not remember this character. And I am pretty sure it's not because I was remembering wrong, but that they didn't do the character right. I think you may be right. I, again, like I claim to remember some stuff, but I, yeah, he like definitely goes to a lot of parties. They they do some of it, but he does come but across like more goofy. as like, yeah. I don't he's, think he was goofy in the book. No, he's snarky. It's like a different side of the yeah, coin. Yeah, he was he's like still hot playful. and suave and yeah. snarky. Yeah, he's still playful, but not in a goofy way, in like a flirty with everyone way kind of. Th- kind of. Yeah, no, I think I we're on the know. same page with our takeaway from the book. And I just think, that, who was this man? I don't, it's so <laughs> hard when I like, it's so hard to read a book and then watch the movie, even with years in between. I just... What would I have liked this movie had I not read the book? Oh, so you just like Probably flat not. out did not like it. Did you like it? I I thought it was fine. I I mean, again, like I don't know. 
So you didn't like it. I feel like my, is my take, is your take you didn't. <sighs> Listen, the problem <laughs> is, the problem isn't just Alex. That's just where I started. And then okay. I just zoomed right ahead to that. I didn't like it. I thought this movie was boring. Yes. The plot didn't, it just didn't move. It was like watching paint dry. And then there'd be a little bit of a plot and I'd be like, okay, that could have been interesting had they done something with it, but it didn't, they just, there were interesting things happening in the book. I remember reading it in like one day. So why didn't that translate to this plot? I think a lot chemistry. of the problem is that there was no yeah. chemistry <laughs> at all. No buildup These two either. men did not like each other and zero buildup, literally zero. No build up. Why was the, the pacing of the movie was like, I wrote this down at minute, I think it was 18. We had, yep, Alex wistfully looking at Henry talking to the children while romantic music plays in the background. 18 minutes in, he's not supposed to know he likes him yet. That's too early. There was absolutely no buildup. Their little locked room moment happens at minute like 10. That's yeah. supposed to happen like three quarters through. Yeah, the not, pacing not literally, was but really weird to me. Agreed. I guess strange. my... But the only thing is I also thought it was boring for very similar reasons. I was like, I'm not as I'm not enthralled with the chemistry of these people. Like, that's not what's getting me to watch. But it was cute. It was boring and cute. I don't think it was terrible. I just don't think it was like a very well done. It's not something that I would go back to rewatch like so many of my favorite rom-coms that are like comfort shows. It's definitely not getting a spot in that. But I don't I feel like there are some things that I don't like watching where I'm like, God, I wasted my time. I just stopped paying attention in the last like 20 to 30 minutes and it was fine. I just did other things and let it play and was vaguely watching. And that's not great. It's not a great- That's not, a, that's not good. <laughs> that's, that's not a glowing review. No, but I like, if you like rom-coms, like I've watched plenty of things that I don't think are good, but it have an okay time watching them. So I feel like this was one of those. It's just like- it's a it's like a playful it's fine if you're watching with any sort of if you're going into it thinking like oh i'm gonna get a really great love story with like enemies to lovers they're not even really enemies in the beginning like read the book instead i don't know literally read the book instead the book does such a good job of making them like fake enemies to lovers like yeah are they ever really like enemies no but at least there's tension between them yes no they i know i think it's like kind of fair to say enemies to lovers like it's not quite that trope but like they think they're it's enemies close. yeah and then the they closest. like each other and in the movie that buildup is so awkwardly forced and fast and weird mm -hmm. that like i agree with what you're saying it wasn't terrible i've seen terrible rom-coms that like i turn off i've watched this whole thing it just well i don't know it could have been done so much better I was going to say, I would take this over the one that I described maybe a couple podcasts ago, maybe last month, the one with the singing, like walking on sunshine. That one was terrible. And I yeah, still watched the whole thing. Sure. So. I could think of others. No, there have definitely been ones that I just straight up turned off because yeah. they were boring, no chemistry. There was one on Peacock last year. I think it was called Meet Cute. It had Kaylee Cuoco oh, on it. Familiar. I can't remember who the man was. I straight up was like, I am so purely bored that I just, it's just not happening. I'm going to turn it off. And I think it didn't help that I was watching this on the treadmill because mm -hmm. I had to get too many things done today and I hadn't watched this movie yet and we were going to talk about it. And that was just yeah. when the timing worked out. It's not no. a treadmill movie. I actually felt like it might be a crime to watch it on the treadmill because people could see my screen and I felt <laughs> worried. 
It was very awkward. A little embarrassed. No, this is very much, I feel like if you want to watch with friends and like make it more of a, you're having like a Friday night with junk food and you're having a cozy time, like sure, throw that up on the screen because you can talk to your friends during it. That's fine. Exactly. Otherwise, yeah, I would not. I don't know. Would you have finished it if we weren't talking about it? Like if you weren't on a time crunch to watch it and just had it on, would you have straight up not finished it? I don't think I would have ever turned it on except for like in the setting you said, like with other people. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I was excited to watch it, but then I like watched the trailer and I was like, it's not giving what I want it to. Mm -hmm. And I was worried that I wouldn't like it. And so then I was like, yeah, it'll be the kind of movie that I watch with people. We can talk over it. So having to watch it in this state where I was really paying attention to it was – I mean, it was a it was a tall order in the first place, and it did not meet it. But did I want to turn it off? No. So right. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I wasn't dying for it to end. I was waiting for it to improve, and yes. it didn't. Yeah. And that was a bummer. Yeah. Just a very meh movie. But uh, I just, I think if the two leads had had chemistry, it would have done a lot. Oh, 100%. The pacing was off, but like... I don't you know. Could... Like the characterization of Alex was weird. At least Henry, I feel like was like a you know more matched the book from what I expected. Also, Henry could act. Mm. I don't mean to be rude, but I'm not so sure Alex could. It definitely had a little bit of the summer I turned pretty energy. Of yeah. Some of his scenes. I was thinking Disney Channel, but yeah, it 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 was giving Jeremiah. Oh, it really was. Yeah, so I just felt like the lines were being shouted at me, and that wasn't not the best. And then, yeah, I just really did not see any chemistry between them. So I just really wanted to feel something. I cry at everything, basically everything. Oh, yeah, and I didn't was cry in this movie at all. I felt like I should. I felt like I'm pretty sure I cried in the book. Like, happy tears, sad tears, can't remember which one. Could have been either. Just emotion was had by me yeah. during the reading of the book. I had no emotions in this, not until at the end when there's like people cheering or whatever outside, but presumably because they're like, yay, pro-gay people, pro-gay people yeah, in Buckingham Palace, was, but they also like never explained that. That scene was very contrived. I know that something similar happens in the book, but the way that it was just thrown in there, yeah, was weird. It didn't so make weird. it, it didn't, it wasn't the right time <laughs> it was not it's executed like it was weird. well but it's it, i would say i started to tear up just because mm. yay yay gay people yay people being accepting of gay people i was like you know that's always gonna make me cry but it was gay letting executed. henry be who he is yeah like that was the only time in the movie that i felt any emotion i don't feel any emotion for the two of them i don't believe they like each other i don't believe they're attracted to each other they just hmm. weren't they weren't doing it they weren't they connecting were Yep. <laughs> Those two actors were not connecting. Also, getting Stephen Fry as the king, such a slight. Just about to say that. How did they get him uh, for a single minute? Didn't love that he was a homophobe, but still a slay. Oh, why did he say yes to this? I have similar thoughts about, yeah, I, the the things that people are saying yes to that I consider like iconic actors are. Maybe they just need to get their bag, Jenny. We can't judge. I guess so, yeah. I mean, yeah, also, good for what, what, are, If you're about to talk about Harrison Ford and shrinking, 
I understand the sentiment, but at least shrinking is shrinking. This was I'm trash. not. No, no, no. Okay. I was going to okay. talk about all of the guest stars in Only Murders, which I get is like people really like. And so they're. Oh, that's but an I- Emmy nominated show. Sure. I still think, okay, we're not there yet. We can get, yeah, we we're can, not there, but we're getting please, close. Please. I don't I got, really have I that have, much to say. I have so many notes. I'm just going to pick the important ones though. The, when about like five minutes into the movie, when bad reputation started playing, I don't know if this stuck out to you, but I was like, oh, okay. I'm feeling this. Like, this is like a, she's the man the vibe, montage. like yep. kind of like the pop, pop punk music, the little montage. I was like, the beginning was overacted, the whole cake thing, but I was like, I was the bad reputation started playing and I was cautiously optimistic. First five minutes, I was like, oof, what is this Disney Channel crap? And then bad reputation played, and I was like, okay, you know what? They could pull this back. And then Uma Thurman and her southern accent in the Oval Office came out, and I said, you know what? This is probably just <laughs> not gonna work. This probably just isn't good. And then the stuck to the, them being stuck together in the hospital, like right away at minute like 10, I was like, the pacing's not not good. And then it was all downhill from there. Uh, also, where was the Secret Service? Like, I know like they showed them every once in a while in the shadows, but it just felt like they were just out and about far mm-hmm. too often, especially Alex in the coffee shop when he like meets up with Manuel or whatever his name is. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the reporter. Shaw. Yeah. Like, he's just he's just there. I mean, I feel like in the book, it was like talked about like how he went to college with the Secret Service and everything there. I think so, yeah. And I don't know. I like, get that they don't need to harp on that in the movie, but at least like a little more realism would be nice. And then they're at the <laughs> bar and Henry singing karaoke. That would be all over the Internet. Oh, that, yeah. You can't just do that. Um, how did you feel about the way that they did the text messages where like they would shoot them as though they were both in the same room, but you were supposed to realize that they were just talking on the phone or via text. I didn't hate it. It was a choice, but it was fine. Yeah, it wasn't. I I think I would have liked it better. Again, I think it would have all been better if there was more chemistry, but I was just sort of like, this is a little weird. Anyway, sorry. Continue with your notes. No, that's those were the main notes. No, I also thought that was a little weird. I but just in general, like I I just watched Heartstopper and I was like, so I'm so obsessed with that. It's like the last, is that the last like lovey thing I watched? I think so. So I'm just like coming off the high of like that cute little rom-com. No, even the flat share. And like, just sort of like, that wasn't the most mind-blowing romance, the most chemistry I've ever seen. But it was fun. But it was yeah. enough and it was cute and it was believable. And this just was, just didn't feel, didn't feel good. I didn't care about their relationship at all. And it's sad because I really liked the book. I mm-hmm. I don't remember what I gave it stars wise or anything, but I just, my, my takeaway from it that still sticks with me is that it was really sweet and I really liked that relationship and it was just like a good little romance story. This was not that. So that's all my notes. That's my final verdict. I wouldn't, I wouldn't suggest this one. Yeah, I agree with you. I would say probably like 95%. My one, I don't know. I I think we're on the same page. I guess we sort of came back to like there are ways in which this is fun to watch it's not like don't even pick it up but it's not yeah not really worth it not worth picking up just for the sake of picking up anyway uh moving to only murders in the building season three you've seen all three episodes i have have you okay yes i have i watched the last one this morning (laughs) i'm I'm proud of you (laughs) thank you and the only notes that I have are for the most recent episode. Yes. Okay. So let's recap. 
they're at the end of last season, season two. Uh, Martin Short's character is opening up his play about the baby rat death rattle, death whatever. Rattle? It's I still can't called. figure out what it's about. Yeah, some murder that happens where a baby is the only one present in the room. I don't think I think that's a little superfluous, but we see Paul Rudd's character get on stage and then immediately fall. We think possibly to his death, uh, and then it turns out, surprise, he wasn't dead. But then later in episode one of season three, he is in fact killed in the Arconia, which makes it another murder in the building. And thus we start the whole process all over again. How, what are your immediate, what are your thoughts about these first three episodes? Oh, I'm enjoying them. This show is always fun to me, but I particularly like the setup here and I love Paul Rudd and I cannot get over it. Meryl Streep in this. <laughs> she's just, I mean, she's always good, but just, and she's so committed to every performance. So to see her in this sort of like goofy show that like yeah. I love, I know you don't love, but this goofy show that I love and she's so committed and she's just absolutely killing it as she always does. And then with the last episode with her singing, I just, I'm over the moon. This is exactly what I want from like a low stakes. Like it's not going to be on my top 10 list, probably, but just like a low stakes cozy show that I enjoy watching so much. It's, it's, it's everything to me right now. It's oh God. Only, <laughs> it's the only thing I have in this, in this TV <laughs> landscape that is dying slowly as we head into day month four of the strike. Of the strike. Yeah. I'm enjoying it much more than season two already so far. Yay. Um, I do have a few things. I, I, yeah, I'm in, like blanket statement. I am enjoying it. I still think some things I need to take a step back and just let some things be silly or, well, I no, I can't tell. I'm worried that it's going to do the same thing as season two and some of season one, where it goes back and forth very quickly between like actual stakes, like murder to the more clue-esque, like goofy murder and I will explain a little bit what I mean, but I also, this is like a heavy spoiler situation. So if you haven't heeded our warnings, now is the time to turn it off. The uh, One of the last scenes in the most recent episode where they have the video of Paul Rudd talking and they're like, someone's in the room. And they think it might be that actress whose name I can't remember right now, but she's in Emily in Paris. You know what I'm talking about? Amber. Thank you. Ashley Park. Kimber. I don't know if you wanted the actress name or the character name. Either. Those are both. It's so clear to me that he's talking to a plate of cookies. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. And that is a little bit annoying because it seems like it's supposed to be this whole, whole like we think Kimber did it, but it's just like not cleverly done enough. They show too much of Paul Rudd. And if it's if it's supposed to be obvious, that's fine. I thought it was supposed to be obvious. But then why even set up like they think it's Kimber, but then we're, they're going to follow this whole thing and realize it's not her. But we already know it's not her. Like, I don't. <laughs> I think they'll get off that track really quickly next episode because it's so obvious. It's not going to be like a big detour. I don't think. I think we're going to very quickly, like, see the resolution to that. Okay. Even so, like, I, there's something about it where I don't even, even if it's like a five minute detour, I'm just like, I didn't need this. We already know that it's not her and it's probably not going to be that excited like we're not going to learn new information maybe there's going to be a really good gag or like joke that comes out of it but yeah so certain things like that where 
I don't know what they're going for per se. And it makes me get too much in my head. I don't love. But other than that, I've been enjoying it. The other thing is Jesse Williams, I think. Grey's Anatomy alum who plays. Is he the Traveling Pants too? That's what I know it from. Pause. I didn't watch Grey's Anatomy. What? Who does he play in Sister of the Traveling Leo. Pants too? In Sister of the Traveling Pants too. Oh. Huh. Okay. Anyway, yes. I totally forgot about that. I know him from, uh, yeah, I recognize him from Grey's Anatomy. His situation, he like, he's just widely known as a very hot actor. He's just, he's very attractive. Him whispering in a closet, very attractive. The whispering between Selena Gomez and Jesse Williams, I was like, I don't find this scene at all, like, sexually sparking between the two of them. But Jesse Williams whispering in a closet is very attractive. And that was my note. That's all I had to say. I agree. He is very attractive. Was there supposed to be sexual tension? I guess there probably was. Oh, absolutely there was. Yeah. The way that she like pulls him back at the end and steals his... Yeah, they're supposed to be hitting it off, I believe. Mabel and... just really do not like Selena Gomez in this show. I just don't think she can act. I know I've said this before and it's like just not... It's not fun to talk about because it's just like me being a hater. But like she's up against... Martin Short and Steve Martin, and she just looks ridiculous. Not literally physically, just like she, just the acting compared to those two. It's just, it just looks like she's in day one of acting class. I'm sorry. I hate being a hater. This is not fun for me, but like, it's not, it's not good. I saw a headline that I don't know if it was real or not, but it was something to the effect of Selena Gomez's acting circles around the Only Murders cast. And I'm looking it up right now because I want, oh, it's the Daily Beast. Hello? Do we? What? Okay, What's that's what I'm confused about, though, is because people, like, she was literally nominated for an Emmy for this. And people were excited about it. So clearly, I'm not in the majority, or at least I'm not in, I don't know. Am I in the Oh, I mean I've I've I'm on the same page as you. I don't think she was good in any of the seasons per se. I think the first one was fine, but she has one reaction, like one tone that she uses for the for every line. It's so monotone. Yes. Which I remember us talking about. We were like, was this what it was like with the witches, which is a Waverly place? Like Wizards. was that just her character? So it worked. I think it was. Yeah, but I haven't gone back to see. Anyway, I don't need to harp on that. It's just my feeling. But the good news is that we get to watch Meryl Streep act. And that is a delight. I could literally just watch her act all day. Just various characters. Just literally a Meryl Streep reel. Yeah, she is pretty great. I (laughs) am. It's okay. Yeah. I I don't want to... I don't want to sound like I'm criticizing too much because I am enjoying myself, but I did have like an eye roll moment when they were like, let's turn this into a musical. And I was like, every freaking TV show at some point in its tenure, sometimes it's like six seasons in, sometimes it's only three, like only murders, comes to a point where they're going to make their cast sing. <laughs> just going to do it. I feel like it made so much sense in this one, though. Like it didn't feel contrived. Right. It wasn't like there was a curse put on them and now they all it have to sing or Riverdale. something. Just breaking out into song for seemingly no reason. Yes. I agree. Of all of the circumstances that could have caused them to sing, this one was relatively understandable. 
but it didn't I just didn't me. have that at all. Also, Meryl Streep and Ashley Park is a harmony at the end. It literally brought tears to my eyes. When people <laughs> just harmonize really well, like I actually think it just triggers tears to leak from my eyes. Like I'm not crying. I think it's just like it resonates. The wavelength hits a wavelength in my brain that makes tears come out. It's like the opposite of a trigger. It's like a, yeah. do, don't people call that like a glimmer? Oh, do they? There's On the internet for that. I mean, yeah. yeah, that's my glimmer then. That was really, because like Meryl Streep on her own, I was like, it's decent. I mean, she's definitely a good singer. I don't, is that actually her singing? I just assumed so. I think so, yeah. She's been in some musicals. Yeah. So, yeah. And then Ashley Park was, oh yeah, she was in Into the Woods, right? Mm. I think she was the witch. I think you're right. And then Ashley Park obviously like started on Glee and they started singing together. And I was like, oh, suddenly I don't hate this musical so much. Because when they first started, I was like, okay, this is obviously like a joke musical. Right. But then by the end, I was like, I'd watch it. <laughs> Same as the producer. Yeah, exactly. It was the mom and son. <laughs> That's so a gross. Yeah, I could do without. It's like, Ugh. I get that it's funny, but it's also like, it's a, a lot. gag that makes I don't me know. gag. Yeah, I would prefer to see less of that. Yes, agreed. I think that was all of my thoughts on Only Murder so far. Just generally enjoying it. A few minor like, okay. But other than that, yeah. I um, yeah, I don't know who I think did it at this point. You don't have a theory? I never have a theory. No Even theories. when we did episode by episode breakdowns last year, I never had a theory. And when I did, it was always wrong. I'm so bad at that. I'm I, surprised. I, I really don't know. I'm pleasantly surprised that the podcast is like, there like they still want to record it but it's not as front and center as last season and I don't know why that is I think it's just like balancing all of the like oh they have to figure out the production of the podcast like that part just sort of took away from the story in season two and this way I know that Mabel is generally just doing it a little bit on her own right now in the first three seasons but so far the balance to me is better like it's still yeah. it's still an aspect. I guess it made a drag a little bit at times in the first few seasons, but I wouldn't say I'm I'm thinking about it much. Yeah, I know. I, think- I had a feeling you were because you in our little blurb today on the watch list. You said something about how there was like less podcast action, and I was like, oh yeah, I guess there was. <laughs> yeah, but obviously, I didn't me. notice. Well, that's good. I'm glad you're liking it more than last season. I am liking it. I think the same amount as always. It's just a fun little cozy show. But yeah, I don't have any more notes. In fact, I had zero notes and this was just <laughs> off the top of my off head. So I feel like I did pretty, pretty well. Yeah. Kudos. Um, looking forward to hopefully discussing more things because that would mean that we found more things to watch next hopefully, week. <laughs> although I don't know what's coming. I mean, Killing It Season 2 came out today. I haven't haven't dove into that yet. Dived in. Yeah, and shelter comes out tomorrow harlan coben's shelter which Mm -hmm. i was really excited about until i found out it was based on his ya novels Mm -hmm. and not one of his normal ones because i was looking for like a thriller thriller not like a ya thriller so now i'm kind of like and then a new star wars show comes out next wednesday which i'm dreading because i feel like i need to watch it but i honestly might just not you don't have to no one is forcing you but like (laughs) we need content I know, um, but we can watch some old stuff. Be like, this Yo, is- the new season of The Ultimatum comes out in a couple of weeks. I would love for us to watch that and talk about it. It's such a <laughs> such a messy show. Please, I'll watch it. Please watch yeah, yeah, it. Yeah. With me. 
Yay. That sounds, okay. that sounds doable. We have that to look forward to. And we're not that far off. I guess we're almost a month away, but I feel like sex education is something I'm very much oh, looking forward I can't to. Wait. No, that'll be a couple a, weeks but it's ago. It's Netflix, though. so we're going to watch it all in like a day and then that'll be that'll be one day of happiness yeah oh well all right stay tuned we'll let you know if we find something good to watch in the meantime or we watch veronica mars with us yeah find links to follow us on socials and subscribe to our newsletter in the show notes of this episode thank you for listening to double take if you like what you heard please support us by subscribing and leaving a review see you next time The Double Take Podcast is produced by Jess Ball and me, Jennifer Cullen.